This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m. or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m. or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. Yep. Well, we started uh, last week talking about preparing for war. And so we'd like to continue along that line, and we'll see where we end up at today. But we need serious training and instruction on spiritual warfare. We need that. That's just what we do. And the Bible is the instruction book. The, the Bible is the training manual for spiritual warfare. <coughs> I don't know if you are aware of it or not, but we are in a battle. Genuinely, we are in a battle. And uh, the major part of the battle goes on in the area of our mind. You know, what we think and, and so forth. But listen what the Bible has to say about God's armor. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, it says, In conclusion, be strong in Bruce Lee's power. <coughs> I'm sorry, man, I'm saying it. Be strong in Mr. Universe's power. How about the Hulk? Nah, we better <laughs> stick with what it actually says here. I'm just making sure you guys was away. Be strong in the Lord. Yes. Draw your strength. Draw your strength from Him and be empowered through your union with Him. Be empowered through your union with him. It's just like your car dies on the side of the road. Somebody comes along. They got a good car. Their battery's really good. They stretch out some jumper cables, hook into your battery. And you're rip-roaring to go. You've been empowered because someone stopped and helped you. Well, this is kind of that way, but a million times better. Where he says here, draw your strength from him. Be strong in the Lord. Draw your strength from him. Be empowered through your union with him. What what Jesus is talking about. And in the power of his boundless, unlimited, you know, vast might. I just got to read that again. I just got so much about strength and, and power. Let's hear it with our heart. Be strong. Ephesians 16. Be strong in the Lord. Draw your strength from him and be empowered through your union with him and the power of his boundless might. That's what I'm talking about. Man, we should memorize that verse. We should read it. We should chew it. God would not tell us that this power, this empowerment was available unless it was. He doesn't lie. Never, ever, ever, ever does he lie. And he is telling us this empowerment through union with Christ is available to you and me. And this is how he's starting off about the armor of God. Be strong in the Lord. Draw your strength from him. Be empowered through your union with him. And in the power of his boundless might. Verse 11, put on the full. Now, what percentage would you think full is? I think it's 100%. You know, is be uh, put on the full, this, 
This is the, the complete, the, the, the whole armor of God for his precepts. His, his words, his shoes, his precepts are like the splendid armor of a heavily armored soldier. What you find right here, his precepts are like the splendid armor of a heavy, heavily armored soldier. This is in the Amplified Bible. So that you may be able to successfully stand up against all. What, what percentage is all? 100%. That you and I will be able to successfully stand up against all 100% of the schemes and the strategies and the deceits of the devil. And he targets our mind. And he is always trying to bring us down, to bring confusion if he can, to bring discouragement, to bring anxiety, and every other thing that is a negative thing. The devil's trying to do this against us. But God's word says, put on the full armor of God. The full thing. How many ever get up in the morning and you just put your shoes on? You go on to work. And that's all you're wearing. You would not really be prepared for the day, would you? No. He says, put on the full, the full armor of God. Because his armor, his precepts are like a splendid armor of heavily armed soldiers so that you may be able to, all oh, these words are so fantastic. You will be able to successfully stand up against all the schemes and the strategies and the deceits of the devil. And remember, the battlefield is really in our mind. And why do you think so much of the stuff that is available to us through any and every form of media tries to pollute and contaminate our thinking so we end up with what I call stinking thinking. The devil is always trying to get us to watch something, to hear something that corrupts and brings doubt and fear and anything except godliness into our <clears throat> Our thinking, you know, and I was just thinking about um, our son Benjamin is in the Marines and he just hit his seventh anniversary uh, in the Marines. And I'm so glad that, you know, that God has provided for us spiritual training like he has been provided training. You know, I would, you know, I'm so thankful that our nation has equipped him for the battlefield, you know, and I can't imagine he would ever you know, or any soldier or warrior or Marine would resist any part of the armor or the equipment that they give him. They would say, yes, I want that. Yes, I want that. Whatever you can give me to protect myself. And God has provided armor for us. And so we need every piece of it. We need the full, the complete, entire armor, not just one piece of it. We need it all. We are in a battle. You think, a battle? Christians in a battle? He tells us armor. He tells us we're on the battlefield. And there's a battle in the air of our mind. The enemy's trying to discourage us. And there comes a time in our life where there's repentance. You know what repentance means? This is repentance. Going this way, and repentance is changing your direction. You know? Now you're going in a different direction. And repentance, it brings about a change that is necessary for salvation. And accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that is the first point of putting on your armor. When you welcome Jesus into your life, 
you put on the helmet of salvation. That's when it comes on. And it covers our brain and our mind and our thinking. And it genuinely does. And that's how things get into our heart. And now you're covering, you're protecting your eyes and your ears spiritually in this warfare. And whatever goes in your eye, whatever goes in your ear, those are gateways to your heart. So we start off by putting on the helmet of salvation, protect our eyes, protect our ears, and all that, because whatever gets in our ears and our eyes, it gets into our heart, good or bad. Good or bad. And the devil has saw to it that there is no lack of filth in the, the world of media to contaminate and corrupt us. And we wonder why are our prayers not being answered. Why is there not more power in this uh, relationship with God and and the devil's always contaminating and he's corrupting as best as he can. He goes on to say here, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, it says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents. That's not the battle the Bible's talking about. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against the rulers, against the powers against the world forces of this present darkness. This is what we are wrestling with. This is what our, our uh, armor is giving for. Against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural places. That's pretty amazing when you think about it. Therefore, put on the uh, what percentage is the complete? 100%. Put on the complete armor of God so that you will be able to successfully resist and stand your ground in the evil day of danger and having done everything. What percentage is everything? 100%. And having done everything that the crisis demands to stand firm in your place. Fully. What percentage is that? 100%. 100%. Fully prepared, immovable, victorious. Wow. That, that, that's just, that verse right there, it's just a big mouthful. It's a head full. It's a heart full. Verse 13. Did I already read that? Yeah. I'm going to read it again. <laughs> Therefore, put on the complete armor of God so that you'll be able to successfully resist. Let me just tell you something about this resisting thing. The Bible says in the book of James, it says, submit yourself to God. One translation says, humble yourself before God. And don't stop there. And it says, and resist the devil. And he will flee from you. As you do your depth of study, it means he will flee. He will flee because he's terrorized. No one ever was able to resist him except Jesus. And you're wearing the armor of God and you live just like Jesus. And you got Jesus' power flowing to and through you. But listen here, it says, submit yourself to God and resist the devil and he'll flee. Some people just try to resist the devil <clears throat> and he don't flee. Because you got to stay connected to the Almighty first. And see, this is something a lot of Christians go, Oh, God, please, please just run the devil off. Just give me victory over it. Oh, God, please. And God's going, I already did it. 
and I've given you my power and my authority, you tell him, scram. God has given it to us. It's just like a friend takes you out to dinner and they give you, you know, a pocket full of cash to pay for the meal. And once y'all get through eating the meal, you say, hey, well, would you mind pay, paying for the meal? And she's like, I already did. I gave you the money. Pay for it. God has already given us his power and his authority to cause the devil to flee from us. In the name of Jesus and by the blood of Jesus, he flees as in terror. And we need to pray with the authority that has been entrusted to us already. Did I read verse 13 yet? <laughs> you didn't quite finish it this time. Oh, I should read time. it then. Verse 13 says, therefore, put on the complete armor of God and you look like God. You know, because you're wearing his armor. So that you'll be able to successfully resist and stand your ground in the evil day of danger. And having done everything that the crisis demands to stand firm in your place, fully prepared, immovable, victorious. Verse 14 says, so stand firm and hold your ground having tightened the wide band of truth. It's talking about the belt. Having tightened the wide band of truth. And then he qualifies personal integrity. That helps us to keep our, our wide band of truth on. And that's what our sword and other parts of our armor and all attaches to. And he says... Verse 14, stand firm and hold your ground, having the tight, having tightened the wide belt of truth, personal integrity, moral courage. Did you know if you are not morally courageous, you wonder, well, how come I, when I pray things ain't happening? Are, are, are you living morally, you know, courageous before the Almighty God? It dynamically affects us. And he says here, Personal integrity, moral courage around your waist and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, the breastplate of righteousness and an upright heart and having strapped on your feet the gospel of peace. These are these boots with these spikes in them so you can stand strong and not slip or slide. And having strapped on your feet the gospel of peace in the preparation in preparation to face the enemy with firm-footed stability, kind of like a mountain goat. Have you ever seen those pictures of these high, amazingly steep mountains and goats are running around up there? Even little goats. It's like, how do they do that? Uh, they're stable, and they can outrun a mountain lion or any kind of a thing that's after them on those places because God's created their, their hooves with this amazing footing that they can stand their ground. Absolutely amazing. And he says here, verse 15, and having strapped on your feet the gospel of peace in preparation to face the enemy. And we have an enemy and we'll face him with firm Footed stability and the readiness produced by the good news. And above all, 
What percentage is that all? 100%. And above everything, above 100% of the armor of God, above it all, lift up the protective shield of faith. All the armor is good, but the shield of faith. Hebrews 11, 6, it tells us, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, you cannot resist the devil. Without faith, your prayers do not get answered. And faith comes by hearing, watching late night TV. No. No, it comes by hearing God's word. And it produces faith that, that miracles can take place. And so don't ever give up on that. Don't ever. The devil does his best to water that down. To, to get us to thinking, well, no, maybe, or whatever. He, he tries to get us corrupt in our thoughts and corruption in our heart. So things ain't happening the way we think and, and, and read that they should. That's the enemy of our soul. But it says here, uh, verse 16, above all, lift up the protective, protective, protected shield of faith. Wow. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But with faith, what does it say? All things are possible for those who believe. And faith comes by hearing God's word. And faith comes by praying in the spirit. That's what he tells us in his word in Jude uh, 1 uh, verse 20. Anyhow, it says here in verse 16, Above all, lift up the protective shield of faith with which you can extinguish 25%. Of the flaming arrows of the evil one. No. 100%. Oh. Does that just sound awesome that God says our shield of faith, which will extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one? The shield of faith. Because you've heard God, you've read about what He says in His Word, and you've taken it to heart, and your shield of faith. You pray in faith. You pray the word. And it will quench all, every little fiery dart that comes against you to doubt God, to be fearful, to be anxious. You know, you will quench it. You'll deflect that flaming arrow. It'll fall on the ground and it will go out. That's what he says right here. Above all, lift up the protective shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation, it covers your mind. The helmet of salvation, and that's where we start, we talked about that, it covers our mind. It's not a helmet of intellectualism. That's not what we're talking about here. It's not a helmet of of logical reasoning. It's not a helmet of self-help. It's a, the helmet of salvation. And, and this helmet comes from hearing the good news and submitting ourselves and receiving forgiveness and a pardon. And this, this helmet, God places it upon our head as we receive him and we receive his word. It changes our thinking and no longer is it stinking. Do you know what I'm talking about? Stinking thinking? Yeah. Yeah. Two of you know. That's awesome. Because there are lots of things that we watch or we hear or we see, we're exposed to it, and it contaminates our thinking genuinely. It does. Anyhow, verse 17 says, And take the helmet of salvation 
and the sword of the Spirit. God says, take the sword of the Spirit. The sword of the Spirit. I mean, that's a pretty serious thing, don't you think? A sword of the Spirit. You've got a shield to extinguish every dart that comes at you, a flaming dart. But he also tells us to take, how would you like to carry one of these around with you everywhere you go? <laughs> you know? And he already talked about the, that wide band called a belt. That's what you hang your sword on. And he says the sword of the Spirit is what? The Word of God. Can y'all see it up there? The sword is what? The Word of God. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You mean when I've got this with me, and I've got it in my heart, and I've got it in my head, you mean it makes things different? You mean that's my sword? Yes. I mean, we go out into a battle, you know, well, without your sword. If, if that was the day in which you lived in, you know, you'd use other weaponry in this day and time, but that's your sword is the word of God. And that's why when you submit yourself to Almighty God and resist the devil, he flees. He flees because you've got the word and you pray. And you pray what the word says and, and, and the sword of the spirit is the word of God. It's powerful. And the enemy of our soul, that's what he's afraid of. He's not concerned or, or fearful at all about self-help stuff. He's not concerned about that at all. Whoops. Stay. <laughs> but you know what? I mean, if you're having issues, I mean, you can have all kinds of shaped swords. You know what I'm saying? It's okay to have a little sword. You know, pocket size sword, if you need to do so. But it says here, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And then it says in verse 18, with all prayer. 100% of prayer. Whatever kind of prayer you can pray, but pray the word and pray in the spirit. With all prayer. This is part of the armor. With all prayer and petition, pray. Listen to this. Pray with specific requests. I need $113.19. Is that specific? Yes. You would be shocked when you learn to pray specifically for a particular need. You pray what the Word of God says and you pray specifically for what your need is. And you will be absolutely blown away that God answers those prayers specifically. It's a testimony that He heard us and He answers us. He is absolutely fantastically amazing. With all prayer and petition... Pray with specific requests at all times. You pray at all times. Right. The Bible says pray without ceasing. You pray at all times. You're asking God. And part of your prayer and communicating with him, you're thanking him for all that he's done and all, but you are asking him specific requests at all times. 
on every occasion and in every season. And you're praying in the spirit. No vain repetitious prayer. There are those who can get a little book or someone say, now you, you take this little prayer and you say this prayer uh, 50 times and, and it's going to really help you. I don't think so. It does have to come from your heart and you're praying the word. You're praying the word of God. Father, you said in your word that the two of us would agree on this earth concerning anything we ask that you would, be, you would do it for us. That's what you said. That's praying the word. And we're in agreement. We're asking for a miracle in this situation. But keep on praying. Not just once, a little dab of do you. He says, with all prayer and petition, pray with specific requests. And, 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 and then listen to this. With all prayer, what percentage is on? 100%. That's one. Okay. With all prayer and petition, pray with specific requests at all times, what percentage is that? 100%. So how many times have we seen that here? Twice so far in this round. At all times, on every occasion, what percentage is every? 100%. On every occasion and in every season? 100%. 100% in the spirit. And with this in view, stay alert with all perseverance. 100%. That's five all. times in one verse. And petition, interceding in prayer for all God's people. Oh, 100%. That's... One verse, it takes, it's saying it six times, but yeah. throughout the Bible, you stand in awe of how many times he says all. And this is God. And when a man or a woman goes, okay, I'm going to do that. And you submit yourself to God and you pray and the devil skedaddles. He runs from you because authority has been given unto you. And you're taking the armor of God. And every piece of the armor is molded and shaped from the Bible. Not chain mail, not uh, leather, you know, not, not uh, different kinds of tan and all. But the armor of God is made, shaped, and formed from the word of God. And it brings about a transformation. And he shows you... Uh, Verse 18 alone, this is when you pray. This is how you pray. You know, and be alert, be persevering here. Pray at all times, every occasion, every season, over and over and over. He's telling and to pray for God's people this way. Pray for one another this way. Pray for your church. Pray for your family. Pray for those who are in need. Pray for, for, for those who are on their way to God. They're not totally surrendered yet, but be praying for them, as the scripture says here. Okay, this is our introduction. So, let's move forward. It says here in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, it says, Timothy, my dear son, be strong with the special favor. And in most translations, that word would say, be strong in grace. And that's what most people understand Grace is a special favor. But when you do your digging and you do your study and you find out that grace is God's enabling power. We're saved by grace. We're saved by God's enabling power. His grace is sufficient. God's enabling power is sufficient for you. And that's what he's talking about. But it says, Timothy, my dear son, be strong with that special favor, that grace, God's enabling power. God gives you in Christ. God gives you this enabling power. In Christ. Are you in relationship with Christ? Yes. I didn't ask you, are you going to church? I'm not asking you, did you read the Bible a little bit? 
But I'm asking you, are you in a relationship where you can pray specific requests all the time, every time, and, and you can be consistent? Are you in such a relationship that God's enabling power is released with his authority unto you? Yes. yes. <sighs> Verse 2 says, you have heard me teach many things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. They testify that it's the truth. Teach these great truths that you're learning right here, right now. Teach these great truths to trustworthy people who are able to pass them on to others. Isn't it wonderful if you have been, you know, uh, given wonderful armor because we're all in the battlefield, whether you get your armor on or not, we're on the battlefield. We genuinely are. And you can share this with other trustworthy people who will change their lives and they can pass it on to others as well. And then he says in verse 3, endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. And I know there's suffering when you are in training as a good soldier. You're carrying 100-pound backpacks and you're doing, you know, uh, your, your, your PE. Is that what they call it? PT. PT. You're, you're doing your physical. You're, you're swimming a couple of miles a day. You're carrying all this weight. You're doing all these things in training, and you get tired, and there's some, some uh, anguish that goes along with it. But he says here, endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. And, and discipline is really huge, but that's not something we really care to do. I don't want no discipline. I want to eat what I want when I want to eat it. I want to drink what I want when I want to drink it. I want to watch what I want whenever I want to watch it. And we don't like to be disciplined. But a disciplined man or woman, it, 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 it perfects the use of our armor. And as Christ soldier, verse 4, and as Christ soldier, do not let yourself become tied up or entangled. Do not let yourself become tied up in the affairs of this life. You're a soldier of Christ and you're wearing the armor. Don't get tangled, entangled in all the stuff that the world's doing. Verse 4, and as Christ soldier, do not let yourself become tied up Entangled in the affairs of this life. For then you cannot satisfy the one who has enlisted you in his army. So we're entangled with just the stuff the world does. And we don't give God the time of day. You will not satisfy God. You're not going to be equipped to stand your ground. You're not going to be equipped with the authority of God. Because the devil, he never rests. He is bombarding your mind day and night. And he chips away at it day and night to fill us with doubt and unbelief and anxiety. And all kinds of lust and perversion. He tries to fill us. And, hey, is that not what's happening in our world right now? We stand shocked at the, the rules that are trying to change for our kids in the public schools and even kindergarten kids. And it's just like nobody should ever be talking to these kids at this age about the things that they're saying is good and okay. And, and they're confused. Surely they have no clue what they're talking about. Amen. He says, as Christ's soldier, do not let yourself become tied up, entangled in the affairs of this life. For then you cannot satisfy the one who has enlisted you in his army. And remember, the battle is taking place in the mind. 
and somebody's always trying to change our mind for the worse. So like there's this big screen TV in our mind, and Satan is in the room, and Holy Spirit is in the room, and the remote control is on the coffee table, and who are you going to let get it? you going to let Satan control your thinking on the movie screen of your mind, what you're thinking about and all? Or are you going to let Holy Spirit take the control and show on the movie screen of your mind pictures of what God's Word has said and what God has done and what God is in the midst of doing right now? Who is taking control of your thoughts? Think about that for just a moment, you know. Don't listen as Satan tries to remind you of what God has intentionally, deliberately already forgiven you. And the devil tries to remind you of what you used to do and how wonderful it was and, you know, how corrupt it was. He won't remind you of that. But God has set us free and he's forgiven us and the devil's always trying to bring you back up. Bring you back up. Bring you back up. That's what he's, he's always trying to stimulate appetites and desires and, and lusts and all to deceive us. And then once you fall into what the devil tempts you to do, here's a fiery dart and it hits us and you give in to that and he goes... You no good scumbag. And you call yourself a Christian. Look what you did. He tempts you to do things and then he accuses you when you give in to it. And you do those things. This is what it says here in 1 Samuel chapter 14 verse 6. It says, let's go across. And, and, and this is Jonathan and his armor bearer. And, and there's a battle raging now. And they're up on this cliff. And there's a deep valley. And then there's a higher cliff where the the, the enemy army is setting their, their course to come and destroy them. And Jonathan says, let's go across to see those pagans, the, their enemy. Jonathan said to his armor bearer, he had so much armor, he had an armor bearer to help him care and be prepared for this battle. He said, let's go across to see those pagans. Jonathan said to his armor bearer, perhaps the Lord will help us. <laughs> perhaps he will. For nothing can hinder the Lord. Nothing can hinder the Lord. He can win a battle whether he has many warriors or only a few. With God's armor, just a few makes a majority when you got on the armor of Almighty God. And you may only be using a slingshot, but you can take out this amazing giant with that. Listen to what it says here. And this is talking about the godless. The godless people who are raging war against God's people. Isaiah chapter 8 verse 10 it says, and, and, and he is speaking to these godless people. He, he says, call your councils of war. Call your councils of war. Develop your strategies. Prepare your plans of attack. And then die. For God is with us. And the armies that come against you, remember God is with us. That's what he tells us. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 17, it says, with the Lord's authority, let me say this, live no longer as the ungodly do, for they are hopelessly confused. I, I believe that fits the world in which we live right now, especially the political side of it, they don't know what a boy is or a porcupine or a giraffe or a kangaroo or a woman. or a, They don't know the difference between any of them. You know? 
It sure seems like they're hopelessly confused. And it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33, it says, For God is not a God of disorder, of confusion, but of peace, as in all the other churches. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 18, it says, The closed mind. It is closed to what God's nudging us and he's trying to lead us and guide us into. The closed minds are full of darkness and they are far away from the life of God because they have shut their minds and hardened their hearts against him, leaving only confusion. They don't care anymore about right or wrong. Does this describe the world in which we live now? They don't know the difference between right and wrong. They don't care anymore about right and wrong. And they have given themselves over to immoral ways. Their lives are filled with all kinds of impurity and greed. And therefore they become POWs. They themselves, who think they're so smart, become prisoners of war. They are captured. But when you've got the sword of the spirit, he says, you shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. That's what I'm talking about. Verse 20 says, but that isn't what you were taught when you learned about Christ. When you learned about Christ, you learned how to be a warrior for God. Verse 21 says, since you have heard all about him and you have learned the truth that is in Jesus. Excuse me a second. What did that verse say again? Since you have heard all about him and have learned the truth that is in Jesus. One more time. Since you have heard all about him and have learned the truth that is in Jesus. Throw off your old evil nature. I don't know if you understand that or not, but it looks something like this. Throw it all. That old evil nature that tries to corrupt you, contaminate you, and influence your mind. And it's really stinking thinking. And he says, throw off your old evil nature and your former way of life. The way you used to do before you knew the truth. It sets you free. Make a choice for, for integrity and for moral courage. Do the right thing. Throw off your old evil nature and your former way of life, which is rotten through and through, full of lust and deception. And how do you throw it off? Verse 22 tells us and said, there must be a spiritual renewal of your thoughts and attitudes. You got to stop the stinking thinking and your attitudes, the way you used to, the way you learn from the secular world. You got to throw that off and you got to change the way you think because the battlefield is in the area of our mind. And he's always trying to corrupt and contaminate your thinking so your prayers will be hindered and, and you don't have the authority. But when you do have the authority and you're speaking the authority and God's armor is on you and you humble and you submit yourself unto God, then you resist the devil. He flees. He runs. He gets out of Dodge really quick because you're wearing the armor of almighty God and it has been proven. That's what I'm talking about. There must be a spiritual renewal of your thoughts and attitudes. And we need God's church. We need God's word. 
We need the fellowship of brothers and sisters. We need to worship together. We need to pray together. Because there is power released in the body of Christ when they are together. And the Bible says we should never forsake the assembling of ourselves. Because you know what? One will put a thousand to flight, the Bible says. Two will put ten thousand. What about the amplification there when people pray what the word of God says? So we got to throw off this whole evil old nature. This is what it says here in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. We imitate what we see. You watch a movie, you watch this, you read that, you're exposed to this and you're exposed to that. And, and what you see, you end up imitating it. And he says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. Be careful not to watch what the world's doing because you'll end up doing it. Thinking it's okay. Don't copy the behavior of the customs of the world, but let God transform you. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Because our thinking, based upon what the world taught us, is stinking. And it says, let God change the way you think. As you put the armor of God on, and, and the shield of faith, and the sword of the Spirit, and your loins are girded about with truth, and your, your feet are shot with the preparation of the gospel, the gospel, the gospel of peace, it changes us. It changes us. And what you see gets into your heart. What you hear gets into your heart. It, it changes not only our mind, but it changes our heart. And that's what he wants to take place. Listen to what he says here in Psalm 119, verse 11. How can a young person not just get pure for a day? How can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. I've tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. Are we ever tempted to wander? Yes, we are. I've tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And how do we hide God's word in our heart? Goes in our eyes, goes through our ears. Those are the doorways to our heart. And, and evil gets in the same way. What you see gets in your heart. What you hear gets in your heart. It's like, I'm not going to do that. But he says, thy word... I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Renewing of the mind, having the mind of Christ. This is what it says here. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. The latter part of the verse, it says, We have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. I think the way Christ thought. When I said, well, what would Jesus do? Well, I know what he would do because I'm reading and I'm, I'm, I'm exposed to it. And it's going in my eyes and it's going into my ears and we're fellowshipping with other people. And we're learning together what he would do. I have the mind of Christ. When the devil wants us to have the mind of the world. This is part of our armor, you see. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4 says, Satan... The God of this evil world has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. See, believing is a cure 
for spiritual blindness. Believing. All things are possible to those who believe. So he's telling us. Uh, let me read. We read it once before, but let me read once again. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23 and 24. It says, there must, there must, there must be a spiritual renewal of your thoughts and attitudes. There must be a spiritual renewal of your thoughts and attitudes. Verse 24 says, you must display a new nature because you are a new person created in God's likeness, righteous, holy, and true. Matthew chapter 9, verse 27, it says, after Jesus left the girl's home, two blind men followed along behind Jesus, behind him, shouting, Son of David, have mercy on us. And they went right into the house where he, Jesus, was staying, and Jesus asked them. Imagine Jesus asking you this when you pray and you're asking him to do something for you or your loved ones. You're asking him for a miracle. They went right into the house where he was staying, and, they, and, and Jesus asked them, Jesus asked them, do you believe I can make you see? So when you're praying, and if you can hear God's voice speaking to you, saying, do you believe I can do that? What's your answer? Well, yes. Well, maybe. Oh, well, I hope so, you know. Do you believe he can do it? Yes. That's what these two guys who were blinded, they said, verse 28, they went right into the house where he was saying, and Jesus asked them, do you believe I can make you see? Yes, Lord, they told him. We do. And he touched their eyes and said, because of your faith, it will happen. And suddenly they could see. Now, you know, the Bible says that Satan, he is referred to as a snake. You, you, you do know that. Here's a verse we read last week as we started this series. Let's read this. And you know what? I didn't stop and let you read anything, did I? That's okay. I'm so sorry. I'm sitting here enjoying it. Okay. Well, you read this verse right here for us. Revelations 12, verse 7. Then there was war in heaven. Michael and the angels under his command fought the dragon and his angels. And the dragon lost the yes. battle. And was forced out of heaven. This great dragon, the ancient serpent. The ancient serpent. The devil. This dragon, the ancient Serpent called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world, was thrown down to the earth with all his angels. Now, oh yeah, I told you last week about snakes and my encounter. I was playing with snakes and I got bit and things like that. And I told you about this Burmese python. I brought a picture of Burmese python anaconda that I killed with a BB gun. Do we have that picture? Oh, yes, we do. That's my brother on the motor and one of his friends who went back out there with us. And the guy taking the picture was me. And I don't know if you see the snake. It looks kind of like a log on the shore. That is the snake that attacked our boat, came into the boat, and I hit with the barrel of my BB gun and knocked him back in the water. He came up on the other side. He's coming up on this side. I got the thing caught and I shot him in the head. And I killed this giant snake with a BB gun. And David killed a giant with a slingshot. So I kind of feel like I'm in the same league with David. You know what I'm saying? That's just the way, that's just the way it is. But I'm going to tell you, there is a snake. You just don't play 
Well, it's snakes. But you know, let me tell you what kind of snake he's most like. The devil's most like a king cobra. Have you ever heard of a king cobra? They might be a little bit of a constrictor when they catch a rat or a rabbit or something or another, but their number one method of hurting their prey or hurting you or hurting a big animal who comes near them, do you know what it is? They spit their venom about 25 yards. And it blinds people. Look it up. King Cobra, they spit their venom and it blinds you. And you can't see. And then if they really want to bite you and put you down quick or if you're their prey, you know, they, they finish you off. That, that's what God's word tells us about, you know. You know, the, the enemy of our soul, he blinds us. So we can't see spiritual things. Well, we can't see the truth of God's word. And, and the devil does his best to trap us. But you know how he traps us? He, he traps us and catches us because we are looking at the bait. Oh, wow. You remember Eve, Adam and Eve? You remember Eve? She was there and she was saying, oh, uh, God told us not to partake of that. That's a forbidden tree. And the devil says, oh, no, God just knows you're going to know all that he knows. You're going you're gonna to be so much smarter and wiser and, and all. And, and, and Eve was going like, well, it does look good. Oh, it looks delicious. That's what she said. And then she took a bite of it. She, she, she took the bait because the bait caught her eye. And then she gave it to her husband. You know what? I tell you about this all the time. Here's a package of the best worms I can find that I can buy. Guaranteed. Catch a bass. Guaranteed. Money back guarantee. I would guarantee Anyhow, before I catch a bass with a hook, I catch them with this black worm. And it's supposed to have silver sparkles. I make my own now because I can't just find the silver. This has silver and other colored sparkles in it as well. And uh, I took my, my ki all my kids and my grandkids out to a place close to people's forest, about nine miles away. It's called Howell's Pond having a little boat there. We all sat in the boat, and I instructed my grandkids, what, a few years ago? Yeah, they were young, a lot young. And so we had all the little bitty fishing poles, and all my kids had theirs, and I showed them. I said, you take the hook, and you, you hook it in this way, you do this, so it's weedless. And I don't put no weight on it, like a lot of people put, and I say, and, and so I was explaining how you use your rod and your reel, and teaching them how to do this, and then we're sitting there right at the shore and, and there's a little boat there and like a circle around me and I said, and then once you get it hooked up and I'm using one of their little kid, kitty rod and rails and I said, and you cast it out. And I cast it probably about 30 yards out there. And I said, now this is what that worm is doing. It's going like this. It's just kind of floating nice and slowly down to the bottom. And right about when it gets to the bottom, bam, a big old bass hits it. And guess what happened when I was teaching them this? What happened? Right, as you were saying, a bass got it. About a three-pound bass, hit it, nailed it, set the hook. We played him in, and everybody got to see and touch the fish. Good timing. It's not because of my hook. 
is because I got his attention with the bait. And the devil was always trying to get your attention with what you see, what you hear, what you experience. He's trying to get your attention. Oh, boy, that looks good. Bam! And he gets you hooked. That's what he's after. That's what the devil is trying to do for us. Anyhow, let's, let's read this. Genesis 3 verse 4 said, this is the conversation between Eve, Eve and the serpent, Satan. You won't die, the serpent hissed. God knows that your eyes will be open. Liar, liar, liar. The devil does nothing but lies. If he ever opens his mouth, it's a lie coming out. Right. You cannot believe anything the devil will whisper to you. That's just the truth of it. God knows that your eyes will be opened when you eat it. You will become just like and God. And you know what? There are some things you don't want your eyes to be open to. Is that right? That's right. Do you want your little children to watch anything and everything that's on the television? No. Or on the internet? And we shouldn't and, be. And we shouldn't be watching it either. All right. You will become just like God, knowing everything, both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She was deceived. And she was blinded because of what the devil was lying to her about. The woman was convinced. The fruit looked so fresh and delicious. It looked fresh. It was rotten through and through. And it looked delicious. Because anytime you obey the devil, it is rotten what you're going to get. And it would make her so wise. So she ate some of the fruit. She also gave some to her husband who was with her. Then he ate it too. And people who partake in sin... Usually they want to involve somebody else in that same sin. Oh, I watched this. You ought to watch it too. A very immoral movie. Or I did this and you ought to do that too. Because misery loves company. And we try to get other people. We become an advocate for the enemy of our soul. You know. So we need to just be aware of his tactics. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verse Three, it says. But I fear that somehow you will be led away from your pure and simple devotion to Christ, just as Eve was deceived by the serpent. You hear what the apostle said? I fear that somehow you will be led away from your pure and simple devotion to Christ. You're going to be led away like, like Eve was led away, like Eve was deceived. We got to take the armor of God, the helmet of salvation. It protects our eyes and it protects our ears. What gets into our heart? Our, our shield of faith to quench all the fiery, flaming temptations that comes against us. Our sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And, and when you stand with the word and the shield, the devil flees from you. And your loins are girded about with truth. And the truth sets you free. And your feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And that helps you to stand your ground. We are in a battle. This is not a joke. This is not some creative message, you know, that's entertaining us for a while. This is absolutely the gospel truth. And there's so much more of it. And we need to apply it. Because there is a battle going on, whether we are aware of it or not. And really the battle is in our mind. And we need to change our stinking thinking and begin to think God's way. And do things God's way. And make right choices by following God. And stand strong. And having done all to stand, just stand some more. 
successfully you stand against him as we take God's armor and we apply it. I was just thinking about something. Um, you know, the untrained and undisciplined mind, the unrenewed mind, the, the person who has not been exposed to God and to his ways and have become born again, they have no clue where these fiery darts come from. A thought comes into their mind and they think, oh, that's a part of me. That's part of who I am. And then they take action. It begins with a thought. And especially if you mix that with some mental illness, that's how things like Uvalde take place. The thought comes in. The enemy of our soul plants those kinds of thoughts in unstable minds. He tries to plant them in all kinds of ungodly, sinful things in our minds. But people don't have discernment. They don't, they don't know that they should not act on these things. They need to resist. And we haven't gotten into this yet, but the Bible says to cast down every thought and imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. That's word for word what your Bible says in Corinthians chapter 10 verse 4 through 6 or somewhere around there. But this is a real battle that every human being faces. And we need to be trained. We need to wear the full armor of God. We need to renew our minds. The training manual is right there. Yeah. You can study as much as you want to. The, the instruction book is right there. Yeah. And we can apply these things and we can pray with effective results. Yeah. And you can stand your ground when you're being tempted by the enemy of our soul. And you can resist him and nobody resists the devil successfully unless they got the armor of God. And he will flee. That's just the way it is. Would you pray with me now? Let's just reaffirm our faith in Christ, who is a mighty warrior. He laid down his life for us. And would you reaffirm your faith in him or maybe declare your faith in him for the very first time? You guys who are in this room and those who are watching online, would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe that you love me. And I thank you for sending your son Jesus. I thank you for sending your son Jesus. And I thank you that he gave his life. I thank you that he gave his life. And he paid for all of our sins. And he paid for all of our sins. And he defeated the devil. And he defeated the devil. And he rose from the dead. And he rose from the dead. I received Jesus into my life. I received Jesus into my into life. every area of my life. Into every as area my of savior, my life. As my Savior. As my Lord. As my Lord. As my King. And as my King. Teach me by Holy Spirit. Teach me by Holy Spirit. How to use your armor. How to use your armor. And never lay it down. And never lay it Teach down. Teach me how to successfully. Teach me how to successfully. Stand my ground. Stand my ground. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen.